Good morning, Mill City. How y'all doing today? All right, I like that. Energy, energy, energy. How many of y'all feel energetic? Yeah, oh, maybe something like that. You need more coffee. Go get you some coffee and fill yourself up. Great. Well, I'm so excited to be here. First and foremost, I want to acknowledge my Lord and my Savior, Jesus the Christ. Can y'all put your hands together and praise Jesus if you believe in him? He inhabits the praise of his people, and we lift him up wherever we go, and that is the name I come to you uh, in this morning. I also want to, you to put your hands together, a little warning that you're going to have to put your hands together a little bit today, uh, for uh, a wonderful friend. This person uh, has really connected with me since I first moved uh, to the Twin Cities, and uh, she's been an amazing friend uh, and connector here for me. Uh, she is a wonderful leader, and you all get the privilege of sitting under her leadership. Can y'all put your hands together for the wonderful Pastor Steph O'Brien? You have one of the best pastors, not just in the Northeast, but in the entire state of Minnesota, and you ought to uh, celebrate her and appreciate God for her every time that you think about her or see her. Uh, I want to give honor to everybody who's in leadership here, to Pastor Ashish, thank you so much for being a kind friend uh, and helpful to us, and uh, to all of you, all of you for so great that you all are here today. I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ from your cousins and them. They live down the street at Mill City Church. No, too many M's. I'm at Mill City Church. Mercy Vineyard Church. <laughs> Mercy Vineyard Church is where I serve. I'm at Mill City today. Um, but we greet you in the name of Jesus from up the street. Uh, and so grateful that you uh, have allowed us to come and hang out with you on a Sunday morning. Uh, you are in a series, we're in a series called Love Your Neighbor. Love Your Neighbor. I'm dropping trash. Let me put that in my pocket. <laughs> he came littered my stage. I don't want it to be remembered that way. <laughs> That's the guy. Love your neighbor. How many of you know a neighbor, a friend, a co-worker who is in need of some hope? You know, you know somebody that needs some hope? Maybe it's a, a family member who, who's going through a, a divorce right now. Uh, maybe it is a friend who got a bad diagnosis. Maybe it's a co-worker uh, uh, who just lost a loved one. Maybe it's you. Every time you look in the mirror, you're wondering, God, what are you up to? We need hope in our society today. You need hope in your life today, no matter what stage of life you are in, you need hope. And I believe that God has given his people, the people who follow him, those who call ourselves disciples, those who identify as Christ followers, I believe he wants to give us a life full of hope because he wants us to be conduits of that. He wants us to not only hold hope within ourselves, but use that hope and share it with everyone around us, to share it with our neighbors, to share it with our coworkers, to share it with our friends, to share it with our enemies. Because our world needs hope, and that hope is reflected through our lives. 
Let me tell you a little bit about hope. Uh, a, a time when I experienced some hope. Uh, you see, I relocated to the Twin Cities in 2021. 2020, anybody remember 2021? <laughs> You're trying to forget 2021. Put it in the back of the memory. You put that in a box and taped it up and threw it in the basement. 2021 was a tumultuous year, wasn't it? Political stuff. There was this thing, oh, what was it called? It was a pandemic. Uh, maybe you heard of it, this thing called COVID. COVID! Anybody remember COVID? Is COVID still a real thing? I don't know. I don't know. Depending on who you ask. But we, 2021 was an interesting year because uh, we had a pandemic and people politicized a, a pandemic. People used it to their advantage to, to, to take, an adva take advantage of people or to harm people or to get their way. Uh, us in church world, we were caught right in the middle of all of, the, of, all of this because we had to make up our own rules. We had to say, hey, you got to come in with a mask or everybody be free, right? And some people didn't like your rules, and so they left. And you all know some folks who have not walked back in a church since 2021. We all know somebody who's gotten upset with the rules of the day, who, who've gotten upset with how things were going, got upset about the division that was happening in uh, our world, not just our world, but in right here in our own churches. It was a challenging time, I would say, 2021. And that's when I moved here. Only the call of God, because I'm like, God, are you sure? It's like, pack your bags. I moved here from upstate New York. Yeah, it's my soul. <laughs> Three-day journey across the country to come to the Twin Cities. And so we got here, and uh, it was the middle of 2021. It was interesting. Church, Our church, uh, Mercy, was just getting back into the swing of things. They were just starting to meet in person again we had the mask rule and uh you know the the, the city the, minneapolis had the mask rules they, they, everywhere you go you went you had to have a mask on and then in february they dropped the mask mandate and then they reinstated the mask mandate and then they dropped the mask mandate causing all kind of confusion and chaos and everybody's like what do we do a lot of things happened in 2021 but there was one thing that gave me hope in the midst of all that. You see, on November 7th, 2021, uh, it's actually the day I was installed officially as pastor at Mercy Vineyard Church. And we decided to celebrate afterward. So a group of guys, a group of us got together and, and, and there was a, a, a famous comedian who was performing at the Target Center that evening. I don't know if you may have heard of him, he, and maybe he's not that famous. His name is Dave Chappelle. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm talking to the right crowd. Y'all ain't really saved. <laughs> Dave Chappelle was at the Target Center, and we went to go see Dave Chappelle, and it was billed as Dave Chappelle and Friends. So you didn't know who Dave Chappelle was going to bring with him. And so we go to see Dave Chappelle, funny show. He brings along so many surprises. If you ever get a chance to see, well, I'm not, I can't promote Dave Chappelle in church. <laughs> uh, it's not, if it was my church, I'd be like, anyway. 
It's not my church. I want to be welcomed back. Like that heathen came to my church. Anyway, that's not what we want to hear. Uh, so I, we went to the Dave Chappelle show, and uh, there were so many comedians that came that night. So many, so many of my favorite comedians, like people I watch online and, 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 and have listened to, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. They just showed up, and they're doing their comedy set, and it was incredibly funny. We laughed till our stomachs hurt. You ever laughed that hard? And then not only was I surprised by the comedians that showed up, but I was also surprised because Dave produced a film. And he produced a film, uh, uh, and he showcased it that night on the big screen. And we all sat there for hours. Like, we came for a comedy show, and we got a comedy show and a film. Okay, all right. We're ready to go. We, we watched the film. We, we, we enjoyed ourselves. It's time to go. The night is over, right? Wrong. Because Dave comes out with a microphone, and he says, well, before you go today, uh, I have some of my friends here. They are some you know, struggling up-and-coming musicians from the West Coast, from California, and uh, I just would like for uh, them to play a few songs for you, if you will. Listen to these songs from my friends. Just, uh, they need all the support that you can give them. Can you please give it up for my friends? And he walks off the stage, and then, you know, drummer, keyboard, guitar, they're up there playing, and they sound real good. And then on the LED screen right there, I love this LED screen, by the way. I'm going to have to borrow that and take it to Mercy and bring it back next Sunday. But on the LED screen behind the musicians, the name on the big, in big lights said Justin Bieber. So Justin Bieber, that's not an up-and-coming musician, Dave. And me and all of these guys that went to this comedy show screaming and acting like little kids. <laughs> it's just the people on the stage. And I'm looking at them and they singing along so I get to sing along too, right? <laughs> We're singing Justin Bieber song. I'm telling on myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then what happened? Dave, Ch Dave Chappelle came back on the stage with Mike and he said, you know, I have one more musician friend that would like to join this thing. Uh, he's, he's, you know, up and coming too and he needs your support. You know, would y'all give it up for my friend? He, as he walks off, the name Usher. <laughs> now, if you don't know any of these people I'm talking about, go to Spotify. <laughs> like, and listen, these are like, this is a pretty big deal. This is a pretty big deal for those if you don't know. Usher comes out, and he's doing his dance. He's doing it. I'm like, oh, my goodness. We're all singing the Usher songs. And Justin Bieber comes out, and they're doing duets and all this kind of It was an amazing evening. It was absolutely uh, phenomenal. It was, um, I mean, it was just full of surprises. It was so exciting. That night was a night to be remembered, and it gave me hope because in this crowded space, we all got together for one common thing. We got together to enjoy ourselves. We got together to laugh. We got together to be entertained. We, who was we? It, it was people there from every ethnic background, from many socioeconomic backgrounds. It was every kind of person was in that room, and we were together in a pandemic. It gave me hope that this thing will not destroy us. This thing will not destroy our communities. This thing will not destroy our relationships with one another. This thing will not destroy the unity that Jesus Christ has called all human beings to. That we could come together 
and enjoy each other's company. But that night was filled with such wonder, such excitement, such uh, so many surprises that we were so excited and filled up that we went out and told everybody we knew about the experience we just had. You see, when you experience something that's life-changing, when you experience something that impacts you, when you experience something that is absolutely phenomenal, you can't hold it to yourself. You got to go out and tell somebody. You don't sit in a corner and say, oh, man, this was so good. Oh, I can't believe it. And then come out all stoic and, yes, I'm back. (laughs) You got to open your mouth and share what happened in your life. I believe that God wants to give you some hope-filled experiences in your life. I believe that God wants to fill you with wonder. He wants to fill you with surprise. He wants to fill you with hope. He wants to give you something that you never experienced before. Not just for you, but for your neighbor. Because he wants you to share whatever he takes you through. He wants you to share that story with somebody else. Hope. If you have your Bible, would you turn it on or open it up to Revelation chapter 21? Oh, Lord, he didn't came to our church going to preach Revelation. (laughs) Why y'all invite him? Revelation chapter number 21. If you're looking for it, it is the last book in your Bible, just to make it a little simple for you. If you need the the table of contents, that's fine. There's no shame in the table of contents. But Revelation chapter 21 is probably like the last two or three pages of your Bible. I'll be reading verses 1 through 5. From the NIV version, it reads, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and their God, and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Verse 5. He who was seated on the throne said, I am, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Holy Spirit, would you come? Father, we bow before you humbly and we pray that you would use these words for your honor, for your glory, for the transformation of your people. That someone would come closer in relationship with you today. And that we would be filled with such hope that it just spills out of us. 
with every person we encounter this week, would you shine your light through us? It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. What an exciting passage of Scripture that is, isn't it? It is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, the day when you you will have no more grief, no more pain, no more sorrow. The day when God himself will wipe away the tears from your eyes. That day when there will be no reason for any sadness. That day when you will dwell with God and he will be with you. That day, what a hopeful day. What a day Listen, this passage is incredibly hope-filled, but it was written to a group of people who were not filled with hope. This was written by the Apostle John to a group of people, first century Christians, who were not in a glorious place. These people were being persecuted for their faith. These people were going through the ringer because there was a new emperor on the throne this late first century. His name was Domitian, and he was the Roman ruler on the throne, the first Roman ruler who persecuted Christians in mass. Let me tell you what he would do. He would send his Roman soldiers into your home if you were a known Christian and remove you from your home. He would throw you in prison and confiscate your possessions, your property. He would take some of those people that he put into prisons and put them in the arena filled with Roman citizens to be for, and for their entertainment he would release wild beasts to tear them limb from limb. He would take people who were professing Christians and burn them alive. He would take people who were professing Christians and crucify them like their Lord and put their crucifix at the border of the city so that people would come in the city and know, I ain't messing with him. That dude is not to be played with. He was the one that came to town and said, there is no king besides me. You're not bowing down to some dead Jesus. You bow down to me. I'm God. Ladies and gentlemen, the mission. These people went through persecution. These people went through hell, if you will. These people went through all kinds of of, of, I'm sure, fear. And I, I, I mean, can you just imagine what these people have been going through with this guy on the throne? But this first century group of Christians endured. This first century Christian a group of Christians continued to live as Christ followers. These first century Christians didn't hide in the corner and go and, and uh, isolate themselves and say, oh my God, somebody's going to get me. In the midst of persecution, in the midst of tyranny, in the midst of, of, of the threat on their lives, they stood as Christians. They served the poor. They cared for the marginalized. They went to the incarcerated and fed people who were hungry. They continued to do what Jesus Christ taught them to do. They stood boldly as Christians. No matter what the culture was saying. 
They stood boldly as Christ followers, doing the things that Jesus Christ did himself, partnering with him, no matter what the government would say. No matter what the outcome of their life might be, they stood as Christ followers. These people lived their lives in such an inspirational way that their non-Christian neighbors witnessed that. And they started asking questions like, what's wrong with y'all? Don't y'all know that Christians are on the menu for the Roman government? Don't y'all know that they coming for y'all and y'all still out here professing Jesus Christ as Lord? Y'all still out here serving people? You out here loving your enemies? Come on now, they killing y'all. Why are you doing this? And as they asked these questions, you know what they realized? They have, a, they have a real faith. They have something that I don't have. They have something that I wish I had. Uh, they're standing in the midst of tyranny on their beliefs. They truly believe this stuff. And you know what happened? At that moment, during this period, Christianity spread like wildfire. You know, you want to know why? Because these people who were not followers of Jesus wanted a hope like that. Ladies and gentlemen, when we stand up for Jesus, when we live a life that Jesus Christ called us to live, when we do the stuff in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, care for the poor, care for the marginalized, care for the incarcerated, heal the sick. When we do these things that Jesus Christ set us out to do, people want to know, man, what's going on with you? When the government is against what you believe and you still stand firm on Jesus Christ, people want to know, what's up with that? When the culture goes this way or that way and, and, and your Christianity is no longer popular, you, you got to change people changing their Christianity and molding it and shaping it for the culture. But yet you stand firm on the word of God. It's like, wait a minute. What's going on with him or her? What's going on with them? In today's text. We see some things that are incredibly helpful for us uh, to live a life of hope, to live a life of hope that we can then share with those who are hopeless, hope for our neighbor. You see, we see in first number one and two, pretty significant verse, two verses, it says that heaven is coming down to earth. It's too quiet in here. Y'all ain't here. Y'all must not have read or really heard what I said. He said, no, not that verse yet. Hold on now. I'm not getting there yet. Uh, Revelation chapter 1. Y'all got in front of you. Revelation chapter 21, verse number 1 and 2. He says, I saw the new Jerusalem coming down to earth. He didn't say, you, you, thank you. Oh, praise God. Yes, it gets me excited. I'm a black preacher. I don't know if y'all know this. I, mean, <laughs> I might scream and holler a little bit. Might, you know, I need somebody to get back on that organ. I'm really going to go nuts. <laughs> I'm really going to go crazy. Come on now. 
Um, let me get my gather myself. Woosah. Here we go. That's not part of the message. Anyway. Uh, he says that heaven is coming down to earth. He didn't say you're going to grow wings and fly away like the song says. We sing so many songs that are not in the Bible. <laughs> he, there ain't nobody growing no wings. I'm, I'm just telling you what the... You're like, oh, blasphemous. Read your book. <laughs> he says, heaven is coming down to earth. Ah, my God. He is saying that I am in the redemption business. I am in the restoration business. In verse number five, Jesus Christ, he says, he comes on the scene and says, blasphemous. I am making all things new. No matter what you're going through right now, trust and believe Jesus Christ is working on in the background to make all things new. No matter what's going on on your job, no matter what's going on in your family, no matter what's going on in the government, no matter what's going on in our state, no matter what's going on in this country or this world, know that Jesus Christ is making all things new. The question is, do you trust it? Do you really believe that he is at work in the world today? Do you believe that he is at work in your life right now? Do you believe that he is working in that diagnosis? Do you believe that he's working in that unemployment? Do you believe that he's working in that car that wouldn't start this morning? Do you, do you believe that he's working in this morning? I'm telling tell you, I, this is not a part of the script. I'm looking, we just moved yesterday. Like somebody asked me, like, why are you here? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I am, I'm sore and exhausted and all that kind of stuff. Uh, praise God, I step up and do what God calls me to do. That's what I do, no matter what I feel like. But yesterday we moved, and so everything is in a box. And this morning, I'm preaching at another church. I mean, obviously, y'all see that. But I'm <laughs> preaching at another church, and guess what? I'm looking for the iron. <laughs> I'm running around fussing, and I'm sure my wife will get me, right? As I'm fussing and probably cussing. I don't know what I'm saying. Lord, he's in the name of... But I can't find the iron. I can't find the ironing board. I'm like, I got to go to church. I got to go to somebody else's church. I can't go up there looking all busted and disgusted. <laughs> and we, I'm tearing the house up, flipping out. I can't find the iron. And so I'm like, I just got to put on something that don't look so wrinkled. So I hope I don't look uh, too bad for you. But, uh, uh, oh, that's, uh. God is at work in that. God wants to know, are you going to trust that I'm going to have some clothes that are not wrinkled? Uh, are you going to trust that even if your clothes that you have to wear are wrinkled, that I can use that as an illustration in your message. <laughs> God is always setting you up with a situation and an experience that he will use later on down the line. So Jesus is making all things new. He, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Uh, as the song says, even if I don't feel it, you're working. 
Even if I don't see it, you're working. Well, I'm going to add something in there. Even if I don't believe it. (gasps) Jesus is always working. He said right here, I am making everything new. Amen. Amen. I was in a situation uh, of two different churches uh, that I was a part of. One, uh, uh, both of them were in the renovation phase. One of them purchased the land uh, adjacent to it and built a whole new church building. Uh, The other church that I was a part of, uh, they were renovating the building that we were already currently in. And so, like, while we were having service, while we were having kids' ministry, while we were having youth ministry, like, we're putting stuff, uh, buckets up in the ceiling, trying to catch stuff, trying not, trying to rope different sections of seats off, right, so stuff doesn't fall on people's head, because we don't, we don't want no lawsuit, right? I know the Bible say don't sue, but (laughs) (laughs) some of y'all, some of y'all, I'm just saying. And so we're trying to protect people. We're trying to make this thing, right? So in the former example, the church built a whole new building, and we didn't see any dust. We didn't experience any of that chaos. We just saw a brand new edifice, and we walked in one day. Oh, so beautiful. The other example, the latter. Man, it was dusty. It It was a mess. Right? We, we're going, going to church every week in a mess, in a chaotic situation. And, 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 and we, but when it was all over, we had something that we were familiar with. But everything inside was brand new. Folks, are you hearing this? Jesus Christ is not saying that you're going to, okay, I'm relocating you to something else. I'm bringing heaven to earth. You know this place, and I'm in the restoration business. I'm transforming things right now. I'm transforming you and your mama and your daddy and your co-worker. I'm transforming everything, and I am making it new. Jesus is working even if it's behind the scenes. So I believe that Jesus wants to give us divine experiences so that we can represent hope. He wants to do things in our lives that are unexpected so that we can say, man, that was awesome. Let me go tell somebody else about it because he wants us to impact other people through our words, through our witness, through our lifestyles. How can we experience that heaven? on earth. Uh, One point, one point, and I'll let you go. There you go. That's another illustration. (laughs) I'll use that next time. Just as long as you don't fall, baby. And that's a bad illustration. The one thing that we can do is to pray. Oh, Gary, I thought you were going to give me something deep. I thought you were going to tell me, go up on the mountain for 40 days and fast and uh, put one leg in there mm, do something. I, I thought, Gary, I thought you were going to tell me to, you know, eat locusts and honey and, and put on camel hair and like sit in sackcloth and ashes. I thought you were going, no, no, I'm not going to do that. So I'm not going to tell you to do that. But what's right here in this text, I believe, is the word pray. Now, it's not vivid, but I'm going to show it to you hopefully in the next couple minutes. 
He says, watch this. Jesus says this, and it's up on the screen. Matthew chapter number 6, verse number 10. Jesus is instructing us how to pray. He says, when you pray, watch this, pray to the Father. Pray to your heavenly Father. Watch this. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Where? On earth. On earth as it is in heaven. What do you mean, Jesus? You're giving me permission to call on God to send heaven down to my nasty here and now? Yes. Jesus Christ is giving you permission to pray that he will send heaven right down to right now. Not tomorrow, not next week, right now. Do you need heaven in your life right now? Jesus said, pray for it. He will send it to you right now. Listen, you don't have to wait until you die to experience a piece of heaven. You can experience heaven right now. And Jesus said, pray for it. Pray for it. Now, I know this is, I just want to show you what's in the text. You see, Revelation chapter 21, what's happening there is the Apostle John is writing this, but the Apostle John is telling us about an experience that he had. What's that experience? He was caught up in another state of consciousness. The Apostle John is caught up in another state of a consciousness. He, he is talking directly to the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Gary, you telling me when, when, when I get down on my knees tonight and say, oh, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord, my soul to keep, that heaven's going to show up? Not really. What I'm saying is I want to define prayer for you. Because what is prayer? Is it just regurgitating and repeating something that somebody already told you? Something uh, in a book? I, I mean, all of that's great. I'm no offense to a common book of prayer and all that kind of stuff. But prayer is relational communication with God. How's your relationship? How's your relationship with God? Are you communicating with him like he's your father? Or is he some old man in the sky where you're saying, God, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me again. He wants a relationship with you. If you ever want any relationship, young folks, y'all trying to connect and all that kind of stuff. Let me tell you something. Uh, the secret, I'm just letting you know, the secret to a successful relationship, time. Time spent. You spend time with who you love. You spend time with who you want to develop a relationship with. John is spending time in relational communication with God. And what happens? He's taken to another place. Have you ever prayed like that? Where you are supernaturally transferred from one spiritual place to another in your prayer life because you were so focused, because you were such in deep relationship, because you spent time with God. He showed you some things that you could have never imagined on your own. He shows John the future. He shows John heaven. He says, John, look at these streets, man. They pay with gold. Gold in, in your world is valuable, but in my world, it's tar. 
The walls are made of jasper. The, the gates are made with pearl. John, nobody's going to die up in, in this heaven. Nobody's going to have a reason for grief in this heaven. There will be no tears. There will be no sadness. There will be no sorrow in this place. And John is up there like, this is amazing. He's writing all that stuff down for you and me. He's telling us his experience. And he got that through his relational communication with God. Listen, folks. God wants to surprise you. He wants to give you an experience like none other. He doesn't want to give you the same experience that somebody else had. He wants to give you an experience for you, tailor-made. He doesn't want to give you John's experience. He doesn't want to give you Peter's experience or any of the apostles' experience. He doesn't want to give you Gary's experience or or somebody else's experience and the next-door neighbor's experience. He wants to give you a vision for you. He wants to give you dreams for you. He wants to give you hope for you, something that is so filling for you in your life that you are absolutely so filled and transformed that you can't wait to tell somebody else about it. He wants to do that in your life so we can tell our neighbor. He wants us to be inspirational. So listen, I would like to challenge you this week, to pray every day. I know, we, I, I work, I got kids, and you know, them bad kids too. <laughs> I don't have no time. When I get a time, I'm going to go take a bath or something. If I get a bath in, right, I, I'm just going to, sometimes I just fall asleep. I'm going to challenge you to carve out some time for God this week, every day this week. And when you come before him, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to let go of something. What is weighing you down? I want you to bring that to his feet. Say, God, I'm leaving it there and not taking it back with me. Is it the stress that you're experiencing at work? Is it that relationship that's broken that you keep trying to invest in that is going nowhere? at his feet? Is it whatever your challenge is is in your life? I want you this week, every day, God, I'm leaving it right here. I'm not picking it back up. I want you to experience God how he wants you to want you to experience him. And sometimes that means unlearning some things. You see, maybe it was what mama taught you. Maybe it was what dad taught you. Maybe it's what grandma taught you. Maybe it's what grandpa taught you. Maybe it's the denomination that you grew up in and they told you that God doesn't speak today. That that supernatural stuff, that happened 2,000 years ago, but, but God doesn't work like that. The devil is a liar. You can experience God in heaven right now. He wants you to. So what I want you to do is not abandon everything, but what I want you to do is lay that at Jesus' feet this week and say, God, I know what I've been taught, but I'm coming to you open-handed. That whatever you want me to experience, you will allow me to experience that this week. And watch him surprise you. Watch him give you an experience. Watch him give you something that you have never imagined that you could go through and experience in your life. And when he does, 
don't keep it to yourself. Share it with somebody else because God wants you to give hope to your neighbor. Worship team, y'all can come on back up. Uh, My time is done. But I want to encourage you. During the time of communion today, there will be prayer teams all around this room. This is your moment to lay whatever you need to lay down right now. This is your time to contemplate and, and, and to think about whatever God has put into your mind during this time. And say, God, yeah, I don't want to leave here with that weight on my neck that I came in with. Let go of it today and leave it here in this room. Father, we thank you so much. You are king of our lives, and we want to operate in a way that really, really shows that to our neighbors. We thank you for the word in Revelation that you gave through the Apostle John, that he didn't keep it to himself, that we could be inspired and hope-filled today because of what he wrote 2,000 years ago. God, thank you for the experience you're about to give me this week. God, I lay down my burdens. I lay down my trouble. I lay down my struggle. I lay down all of those things that are slowing me down. Will you take them? I can't handle them anymore. And God, as you said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that you would give us power to be your witnesses. So empower us, Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit to be that in our world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.